You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. Oh, he's working hard. <laughs> Jonas back soon. We're getting a report. Unavoidable, you know, life stuff. As uh, dedicated, as loyal as they come, he'll, he'll be back. It looks like on Thursday. So we're feeling good about that. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. The Las Vegas lead is the recap of the shocker in the national championship game. And let's talk about what I said in the headline to lead off, how shocking this was. It wasn't all that shocking that Baylor won. Because when you had a minus four and a half point favor, money line was what, right around minus 200? Yep. It means that there was about a third of the time expected that Baylor would win. Two to one. It would be two times Gonzaga would win, one time Baylor would win, every third time Baylor. So Baylor won. Now, when it comes to who's champion, that's a big deal. But when it comes to, hey, Vegas was just wrong, everyone was wrong, but the margin of victory. So you look at a 16-point win, 86-70 to for Baylor, you think about the four points, four and a half points of the spread. Now we got a score that varies by 20 points. And if you go back to the modern era of the 64 teams, in the title game, that 20 points away from expectation is the biggest spread we've seen. And thus you could say, in a way, Gonzaga had the worst performance relative to expectation. 2002, Indiana versus Maryland. There was a 19.5 point ATS margin. 2006, UCLA versus Florida. There was a 15 point margin. So think about that. 85, 95, 2005, 2015, five more years. 35 years of, or 35 games, we'll call it. And all but three have been within 15 points of the spread. So these have been conservative, tight games. Usually, expectation in that range is met. Here, Baylor dominated, and it's the biggest spread away from what was expected in the modern era. Fez, what was your number one takeaway? Now, sometimes you're, you, you call the master of the obvious. You'll say, like, Baylor played well. What is your number one takeaway? I'm going to give you accolades for being concerned <laughs> so, about so whenever, Gonzaga. Whenever the, heat's re- whenever the heat's really on you, you figure compliment RJ. Beads of perspiration are coming down uh, my go forehead, ahead, yes. Ahead. But you said 
that Saturday night game against UCLA, boy, overtime, pressed to the limit. And you said, you know, I wonder, Gonzaga, less than 48 hours to prepare. And you look through their schedule, and you had to go all the way back to December, only one time so all that, year. So let's talk about this. NBA has back-to-backs all the time. When college basketball teams get the most attention during the conference tournament specifically and the NCAA tournament, there's times they play not a bunch of back-to-backs or they do during the conference tournament, but they play a game, then there's a day, then a game. But really, now, in the Pac-12, they'll play those Thursday games and Saturday games all the time. Right, mm-hmm. but other conferences really, it's not typical. Now, sometimes we'll play a, a Saturday, Monday, but typically you don't see. They only play two games a week, and usually they're not separated by just one day. With Gonzaga specifically, it was the start of the season. The first two games they played, I think it was Kansas and Oklahoma State. I'm just going by memory. Is they did play with only one day off, and then there was not another time until the conference tournaments in which they played two games in three days in which both of the competition were like even in the top 150. Exactly. Right? It was like Acorn State against Johnny Appleseed (laughs) U or whatever. So your point was, hey, RJ was kind of questioning maybe fatigue, especially with an overtime for Gonzaga. Saturday then to Monday was the next game. Did you sense that Gonzaga was tired? I sensed that they were a step slow across the board the entire game. Are we sure it's not just that Baylor is better than we thought all along? Oh, I think Baylor is better as well. Uh, so that's your takeaway. Baylor's good. Baylor is exceptional. Uh-huh. That's my second Now, you were away. looking to fade them not that long ago. Yeah, and I, you were right about this. You talked about that COVID disruption. And you, and you went ahead and had us run the numbers. And Baylor... Oh, I didn't have you run the numbers. I had McKenzie run the numbers. Exactly. And so, this is a Baylor McKenzie, team. what do you think about how... <laughs> well, it's always we when it's you doing the work. You ever notice that with him? Teamwork makes the dream work. Happy to help. I, I guess so. I guess so. I'd be awesome one time if, if somehow Fez did the work and you did it and you hear Fez go, me and Mackenzie did this work. <laughs> Never hear that part. He'd be like, I was at home at the pool doing some <laughs> private study. All right, Steve Fazek, you guys looked at the numbers, and what we figured out was they had a 20-day Baylor did COVID pause. I think it was from like the 2nd of February to the 22nd, in that range. Then, now here's where we got to accept, we're doing arbitrary ends. As in, once they stop losing is when we're going to say the COVID kind of stopped being an issue. But the range of time isn't that unreasonable. There was eight games after the COVID pause. They were two and six against the spread. Baylor. Except for those eight games. And the point that's arbitrary is, should we have counted the, the maybe six of those games as the COVID? And then, no, because it's more convenient to kind of count eight, because that's when they were losing. So let's admit that it's not a science. But other than that, and Mackenzie, let's give you some credit here. The ATS record of Baylor in games other than the eight games after the COVID pause. And by the way, those eight games ended with the first game of the tournament. That was the eighth game after the COVID pause. The record in other games for Baylor the entire season against the spread was? 18 and 4. 18 winners, only 4 losers. Think about that. 22 games. The Vegas spread is trying to, every one, they're trying to make it literally a coin flip. That's what the spread is, the great equalizer. And 18 times they win and 4 times they lose. 
you just don't see that. This Baylor team was underrated because they had a artificial depressant on their results during a period after the COVID pause. And otherwise, they were otherworldly. And don't forget, and we said this a couple of times, and we repeated it, Baylor was 1B and Gonzaga was 1A all the way up to February. It was like, in Vegas, Fez, they had a lot of um, Baylor-Gonzaga versus the field. Yes. And there wasn't any sense that Illinois was at that level or Iowa. They were good teams, but it was the two halves and the others were in a different tier. When the tournament started, Baylor was at the end of that COVID hangover, as we'll call it, and all of a sudden, Baylor had dropped back to the pack. It was Gonzaga and everyone else. Exactly right, because they had that loss to Kansas, the loss to Oklahoma State, and the infamous, they almost lost to Iowa State, a team that did not win a conference game all year long. And we're talking about Baylor there, and it's a situation where it very easily could have been that Baylor just wasn't as good as we thought. And that we were talking about the COVID pause because we could rationalize that's why they were losing. But it very easily could have been just they weren't very good. And they had an easier schedule. And then the big games, the tougher games happened to happen after the COVID pause. So now we're blaming the COVID pause. Because that's the debate with Cam Newton. If you think about it, Cam's going to come back. Let's assume he gets a chance to start. We don't know. And let's say he does great. What's going to be the narrative? Oh, Cam was good. Remember that Seattle game last year? But then he had COVID, and he never recovered. He needed the offseason, and now this is the truth about Cam. That very well could be what we say. Or it could be Cam's old, Cam's hit the wall, and that COVID didn't have anything to do with it. Same thing with Baylor. It's, you've got to be careful after the fact it's what I call the eating the pizza while trying to start the car. Sometimes you're trying to start a car. And if you've ever had a, Fez, you had Silver Spoon your whole life. But for a guy like me, working class, dad's a coal miner, true story, is <laughs> sometimes you have a car that doesn't always start. And what you start doing is you start rationalizing. It's been a while for me, but you start rationalizing. Okay, if I'm parked up the hill, it doesn't start. But if I'm on a decline, it does start. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No, I do. You're trying to find a, a false reason for something. No, I know you're going to try to apply your Northwestern degree <laughs> to it. But I'm saying you've never had an experience where your car didn't start every time, did you? You actually have so many nice cars. This is the truth. You don't know if you drove a Beamer. What's the two you mix up all the time? Mercedes and BMW. You can't figure the difference. One time it took you three tries to know what kind of car you had. Getting it wrong. You do realize that there's only two choices. It shouldn't take you three tries. <laughs> and, and the funny thing was, I mean, think about that, Mackenzie. I mean, this is it's a guy who grew up in inner city Chicago. Well, let's be honest, on the cusp of the inner city. Is that yeah, fair to say? Fair. And he has so much affluence in his life that he has a BMW or Beamer, and he doesn't even care enough to know the difference. <laughs> I mean, can you even relate to that? N not at all. Nah. Not at all. I wish I had two cars, let alone two. That, that's what I'm saying. Thousand dollar cars. Now, does that make you, Fez? Does that make you feel bad? 
I'm actually embarrassed by it. But yeah. th- but but it doesn't seem like it stops changes your actions at all. Like what would be a natural way for you to proceed after being embarrassed? It would be like, man, maybe I should sell one of those cars, maybe <laughs> and give it to charity. I mean, there's all kind of things you could do. I was thinking more maybe read the owner's manual, get to know a little more about the features, at least to know what I'm driving. You mean like maybe work a little la- or a little less and spend more time like luxuriating around your luxury ride. Exactly. I mean, that's why he's got a theme song. Must be nice, man. Must be nice. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay. So what we know is this. In hindsight, it does look like the pause for COVID was a source of obscuring how good Baylor was or is, I guess was now. They win the national championship. I don't think, though, we can finish this story without telling the entire story of Gonzaga. Because what we have with the Zags is a team that is probably one of the great stories about saying this is a team that was nothing, a program that was nothing, that's become one of the true blue bloods. But this is a team that has yet to win a title when they were favored to. And I also think something we got to discuss is what effect does a historic season have on a team? Because we've seen this a couple of times with Kentucky, now with Gonzaga, and all the way back to New England. When there's history on the line, it seems like the weight of that is big on these teams. So we're going to talk about that and more when we come back. We're straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs a business. The government. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas Offer. A day or two, and Steve Fezzik in studio. We're talking Gonzaga, the aftermath. We talked about Baylor and Baylor being underrated. Quite frankly, if you look at Baylor and take out the eight games after the COVID pause, and these are games that were played from February 24th to March 18th, they were two and six against the spread. And the other games, 18 and 4 Baylor against the spread. In fact, you dug into those games, it's even more impressive. 18 and 4 against the spread, and also in those 22 games. Yeah, 22 and 0 straight up in those games. I think that means 0% losses, right? <laughs> yes, and not even not one game that they had any reasonable chance to lose. They won every one of the games by eight points or more. These include wins, not just in the NCAA tournament, but they beat Illinois. Who's when you keep saying they? Baylor. Yeah, maybe mention the team occasionally. Right, so huh? Baylor beat Illinois earlier in the year by eight or more. They beat that, you mean they? Yes. Oh, okay, go ahead. They Bears. <laughs> and so just ultra impressive to win every single game Baylor by eight plus points. All right, you want to talk about that longer? All right, good stuff, Steve. <laughs> let, me, let me see your notes. Let me try. I'll do it your way. All right, Baylor. They were 22-0. Now think about that. 22 games, zero losses. 22 wins. That's 100%. 22 and 0. Not 21, not 23. Is that fair? Yes. 
<laughs> Steve Fezzik, I'm RJ Bell. Right, this is, and you can see by the repartee, the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. And we appreciate that support so much. We know the growth is about you, and we'll keep working extra hard to deliver for you. And you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. And right here in Vegas on the strip, it's a lucky 77 degrees. And the neon is pumping. Let's transition to Gonzaga. We were talking, amongst others, that this could be the best team of all time. In fact, even though they had the tight game against UCLA, you could have explained that away. Because, Fez, you came in after on Monday and you said, I got to tell you something. I think Gonzaga played great. It was just UCLA made contested shots. There was contested shots. Remember? Yes. So if Gonzaga had won by, oh, I don't know, 15 in this game, which would have been less impressive than Baylor winning by 16, oh, let's say 16, because they would have been the favorites winning by Mm -hmm. 16, let's say. The conversation right now, right now, today would be, is Gonzaga the best team ever? No question. And literally, I'm not sure I would have disagreed with it. Well, I'm not sure who would have been. Now, remember, best team ever, meaning if we had a time machine and they all played, that's not what we're talking about. We're saying relative to the competition at the time, who had the most dominating season? Because when you have guys like Patrick Ewing or whatever playing four years, it's hard to think that the guy, the teams today could play with them. But another perspective would be, well, the, the quality of play in general has gotten better. Yes. It, it becomes a debate about things that no one's really talking about. The question is, everyone starts a season with an equal chance in the, given the givens of COVID or no COVID or whatever, and who dominates the most? And undefeated would have been the first time since 1976. And we could say that their margin of victory, we could say the fact they're out of conference would have been really good. Gonzaga would have been in the conversation for the best team ever. Now they're an afterthought. They're not even going to be discussed. And we can debate that. It's like the Patriots. If the Patriots had beat the Giants, they would have been probably proclaimed without much doubt the best team ever. But now they're not even in the discussion. Now, I do love as a society that we exalt winning like we do. I do. Because I think winning matters. I think there's things that contribute to winning that we don't even fully understand. And by valuing winning, we value those things. Look at Tom Brady, the effect he's had on the conversation about eating right, about um, sacrificing money for the team. If Brady wasn't winning, we wouldn't even be talking about TB12. But when he wins in a way that is unparalleled, we're saying maybe it's about why isn't Aaron Rodgers taking less? Why, why is so-and-so complaining about whatever? Tom Brady's influence in the conversation. Winners get the parades. And analytics people often don't like that. And we want to debate the second-place team that was really better than the first-place team. But I'm with Barney at the bar and the hoi polloi, as they say, saying... Hey, count the rings. Count the mm. rings, I think, is a valid approach. <laughs> so what does this say about the Zags? Are they, I think, still unequivocally, they're one of the top five programs in the country, right? I mean, if we had to even say, even if you want to be a pessimist and negative 
on the Zags, where do you put them? I mean, you can say Duke. You can say Kentucky. I mean, who else? Is there, is there even a third team you could put ahead of them and, and think it even could be right? No. What do you think, McKenzie? Always been a big North Carolina fan, but not right now. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I mean, it just feels like North Carolina, I mean, maybe I'm just perception, but it feels like they've been relatively down over the last five years, right? It does. They're not getting the NFL draft prospects like Vince Carter that they used to. Yeah, NBA, yeah. And to me, it's a situation that let's not even debate if it's third or fourth. They're certainly a top five program. Gonzaga is a top five college basketball program, and they're starting to get the recruits to line up with that, because I think the analogy would be Clemson in college football is Clemson under Sweeney had amazing results going neck and neck against Alabama when they were recruiting, uh, you know, the 12th best in the country, the 15th best. And then they moved to like the ninth. So meaning Alabama is like number one or two every year. Clemson was in the teens and Clemson was going toe-to-toe. Now, in the last year or two, Clemson's getting an equal recruit quality. And now the question is, does Clemson get better? Now, what we saw last year was they didn't. Mm-hmm. That somehow, some way, with better players with Tre- than they had in the past, with Trevor Lawrence in his last year, they just get dominated by an Ohio State team that got dominated by Alabama. Now, that doesn't mean the old transitive property doesn't mean so much that Alabama would have dominated Clemson for sure, but you know what? I think they would have. So, does Gonzaga lose something that is part of their secret sauce as they start getting these elite players? Or is the secret sauce still there? Now there's just more talent, and now they finally win it. What's your gut feeling? I think the secret sauce is still there. And, you know, this year with four projected first or second rounders in the NBA, I think it's just a matter of time that they continue to recruit this way till they finally get a title. Except they're recruiting differently than they have in the past. So the question so would you say this current team is that Gonzaga had that played last night, is that representative to you of the old way or the new way? As in recruiting Good players, but not great players that come together as a team? Or were these great players? I think a combination. These players are head and shoulders better than any recruitment that they've ever had before. But they played the Gonzaga way. They played Mm -hmm. together. And do you think it's going to be a... And and listen, there's no right answer to this. There's going to be a true answer. We're just going to have to see what it is. But the case could be made when you... It could have been an advantage they couldn't get those players. So isn't the ultimate question going to be... Whatever the character issue is, whatever the secret of we like kids that had a paper route or whatever it is, they were going for a certain type of kid. Now, they, they weren't choosing. It's like the guy who has he's loyal to his girlfriend, but he doesn't have that many other options. <laughs> you still appreciate the loyalty. But Paul Newman being loyal to his girlfriend slash wife eventually that tells you something right yeah so now imagine a situation where there's an average looking schmo and he's loyal and lo and behold he becomes a lottery winner or lo and behold he's a movie star or maybe think of the situation or something on you know jersey shore all of a sudden they're famous now he's tempted 
he's tempted because it's not necessarily some, you know, whatever. The temptation is going to be different. Gonzaga is going to be tempted to take the compromise that this guy's so good that to some degree, whatever the secret sauce that might be missing, you know, maybe it's not missing. Maybe it's there. We just got to bring it out of him. And all of a sudden, you become the worst of both worlds where you've got talent, but not as much talent as a Duke or Kentucky. But then the secret sauce is ruined because you're injecting those non-secret sauce people into ah, the program. Interesting. You bring in a couple prima donnas. You know, and Timmy, the big man for Gonzaga, had a little bit of that in him. Remember, he was showboating. Well, you're sitting here judging, you're judging from a distance. You know, Go ahead. That mustache does not look nearly as good as I thought it did a couple days ago. You know, So <laughs> now you think the mustache is a sign of him being like iconoclastic? <laughs> he, he's looking for attention? Oh, he's uh, definitely looking for attention. And the old Gonzaga wasn't, was it? They weren't. I mean, Morrison didn't cry over attention. No. Not over that, no. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. What do you think of that, McKenzie? I think it's interesting that they have four great players. One's a senior, one's a junior, one's a sophomore, and Jalen Suggs is a freshman. So I think you can blend you know, players that are really good that need a couple years versus those Jalen Sugg types. And the end result is to lose? Well, yeah. I mean, they got to look hard in the mirror and try a lot better the next time. But... Oh, so you think it was a lack of effort? I just don't think they were as good as Baylor. I think Baylor was a lot better. And so they, that's what we're saying is yeah. that this culmination, we're say, like to some degree, this was going to be a coronation of the Gonzaga way. And now it's not an indictment, but it certainly has postponed the coronation. And the question becomes, was this a moment in time in which the ships were kind of passing and going in different directions? And that the old Gonzaga is going to fade and the new Gonzaga, which again, the new being defined as more about talent, less about uh, culture, I think is a good way to say it. And usually then, it feels like Gonzaga, if they stay about culture and have more talent, then that's the perfect storm. But yes. you, don't think every, you don't think Coach K is going for that? You don't think everyone's going for that? But there was this magical moment that Gonzaga felt like it had both. And this was the year. And you got to wonder, the recruits that watched the juniors in high school this year, that watched this team, are going to be very excited to play for the Zags. And now the question becomes, and with the co Coach Few and everything, is going to be how much temptation do you take and how much do you defer on? Because they're going to be tempted. Gonzaga is going to be tempted to go for the talent. Because the takeaway here could be, we just didn't have enough talent. Mm -hmm. We got the character, we just got to go a few more compromises. And listen, it's not as if always talent and culture are inversely correlated, but almost always. Think about it. Who is in any walk of life? But let's look at sports. Tom Brady. Got some, he's 6'4". Tom Brady's talent on the list of quarterbacks all time is not in the top 100 when it comes to measurables, the kind of thing, you know, how, you know, all the things that go into the combine. Yes. There's some secret sauce with Tom Brady. And it strikes me that if we said Michael Jordan, well, here's a guy that got, you know, the, the old story got cut from his high school basketball team. Now, they say it was a freshman, the freshman never made the team, mm -hmm. but still. He was a top recruit, but there was no sense. If people went directly, players from high school to the pros, 
back when Jordan was in high school, he wouldn't have sniffed the pros out of high. He wasn't one of the top recruits in the entire country. So he had a minimum amount of talent, that minimum threshold, and then there was something beyond it. Work ethic, whatever. He was pathological with his work. Mm -hmm. Name me the greatest of all time in any sport, American sport, in which it was both the most character, you know, top, top, A-plus culture, team, whatever, secret sauce, and talent. Usually the Wilt Chamberlains versus Bill Russell, right? They both had a lot of talent. Wilt had otherworldly talent. You could say Barkley versus Jordan. You know, not that Barkley didn't have a lot of good character or whatever, but he didn't have that last level that MJ had. You know, obviously with quarterbacks, it's hard to find a quarterback that the most talented does really well. Usually the most talented quarterbacks are the ones that tend to bust. Yeah, you think of Jeff George, right? He's the, the classic guy that didn't even achieve, you know, or you, I mean, we can go up and down the list. I mean, if you just think who's been the best quarterbacks the last 20 years, the one talent guy on that list is Aaron Rodgers. I would say otherwise, you got Peyton Manning. Who had, you know, he had the frame on him, but certainly not one of the great athletes. Tom Brady? No. Drew Brees? <laughs> Drew Brees? No. no. And then, you know, we can debate from there who, who else is on the list, but I think that's the. Or, let's put Russell Wilson on the list, I think it's fair to say. Now, Mahomes, we'll see, right? I mean, because as much as we can say about Mahomes so far, what we know for sure is that he's won one title and that's it. And I know people want to coordinate him, the, you know, the best ever or whatever. We'll see. Now, he'll be an interesting debate because he had a lot of talent, but the guy got drafted number 10 not that long ago when there's going to be, what, five quarterbacks picked before 10 this year? Yes. So there was something that was missing, at least perceived to be. And I find this to be one of the great things about sports. And it's the following. It's not something you could replicate in a lab. If you say, build me the robo quarterback, you get Marinovich. And for those a little bit older, you remember Tony, I think it was, Marinovich, the robo quarterback, the guy that the father, if I, as I recall, built him to be the perfect quarterback. Didn't let him have candy. Is that right? Yeah, growing up. Well, that sounds mean. And you know what happened? Not much. Not much. And then you've got, again, a Tom Brady who doesn't start his senior season, the whole season, in college. And he's the greatest of all time. That's what makes sports great. We look at Rocky, the movie, and say, that's a fairy tale. Chuck, Chuck Webner got beat. Okay, yeah. But the reality is, Tom Brady, in a way, is Rocky. And in a way, because he physically shouldn't have been able to do it, but he's done it. And you know what? Most of us physically aren't top 100 of 1% in the top. And thus, we can relate to those guys. And in a way, Gonzaga has been that. And now they still haven't won it. That hasn't been good enough. With Tom Brady, it's been he's the GOAT. Gonzaga... They're a good second place team. They're like Rocky won. Creed still won that fight. It was a split decision. The question is, and this is unplanned, <laughs> does he win in Rocky two, Gonzaga? But I got to be honest with you, Gonzaga's lost in Rocky two II and three. Now the question is, you know, when do, do they win, if ever? And now they're changing. It seems. Does that push them over the top? Or does it make them even further away from the goal as they lose the secret sauce? 
right. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about the Masters odds. And you got a pick for us, don't you, Fez? I do. You do? Are you sure or are you unsure about I'm that? I'm sure. Boy, the scatter. It's like you're trying to, you're holding on to a streak or something. We're brought to you by AutoZone. Has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available in over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We'll be right back with Straight Out of Vegas with a pick from Faz. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL draft? Well, guess what? I have you covered on the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff. I need you to go subscribe right now because we're talking the draft. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking Justin Fields. Mac Jones, is he really going to go to the 49ers? I have it all covered. I used to scout in the NFL, and now I talk about football on the 3 and Out podcast. Go subscribe right now. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Steve Fezzik joins in studio. Joan is back on Thursday. We're excited to have him back. And we're breaking down the aftermath of the national championship in college basketball. And we've got the odds for next season. Then a best bet coming up from Fez. Gonzaga is the favorite again. 7-1 to odds. Michigan. Juan Howard getting some love. Second favorite, 12 to 1. Villanova, 14 to 1, third favorite. UCLA, 16 to 1. Now that one's surprising. You gotta wonder, UCLA, if they got beat in the playing game, what would their odds be for next year? Probably 30 to 1, right? I don't know. It wouldn't be, they wouldn't be the fourth favorite, I'll tell you that much. Ohio State tied with UCLA at 16 to 1. And then Baylor. I think it's two people for sure leaving for Baylor, 17 to 1. Now, if you look at the traditional blue bloods, none of them, well, I think UCLA would be a traditional blue blood, but kind of one that stayed contemporary. Kansas, 18 to 1. Duke and Kentucky, 20 to 1. North Carolina, 33 to 1. So a changing in the garden away. I think another thing that we cannot undersell, and we've got to put it in our pocket for the future, is teams that are undefeated or got history on their minds, it wears on you. Mm. Isn't it? Maybe it's a coincidence. Undefeated Patriots team. And they've talked about this. They said if they had lost a game, they think it would have had a better chance to win. Every break at the end of the last game... It feels like it's so big. It's going to be big in a Super Bowl anyway. But when you're going for, you know, I guess 19 and 0 at the time, it feels bigger. And I don't think that bigger helps. You got enough motivation now. Every 
level of stress after that is just additional stress that doesn't have any real benefit. Do you agree with that? Oh, I do, absolutely. And just the But I didn't hear much of that about Gonzaga. I was saying it, but I didn't hear anyone saying I was saying the weight of this is gonna get to them. And I mean that was it didn't seem to be and who knows if that had anything to do with it, right? We're we're speculating. That's what we do. That's what you gotta do as a handicapper. But it wasn't in the forefront of your mind. It was not. Why not? Just because they hadn't, they didn't have to put much energy forth in any of these games. I always worry about the undefeated team that's using lots of energy to win the games. Yeah, but see, it's just you think these kids are going to be tired. Like if they only had a nap before the game, it'd be okay. <laughs> it's going to be what happens in the moment when the. Listen, I've had times. I can tell you one time. This was. I mean, this is like seven, eight years ago. Where, and this is public knowledge. Is so at Sports Center ended up using cousin Sal to do like picks way back when. And the, the two finalists for that were me and Cousin Sal. And I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly. And they flew me into LA and I did a, uh, a full rehearse, you know, full kind of fake show or whatever on the Sports Center set. And at the time, I had had a lot less TV experience, a lot less all experience. I don't think I remember that, meaning that it felt so big. That 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 I went through the motions, and I'm not saying that was why I, they, you know, I didn't get picked or whatever. It was just like it was a big emotional thing, mm-hmm. and or I'm not even emotional, I, I, stressful. I think if you're going for some people freeze up regardless. If you're going for the title, they're going to freeze up and play bad anyway. But you add in history, best team of all time. The stakes go up. And a lot of people say in the Super Bowl, they don't remember the first quarter of their first Super Bowl. Yes. Their body, you know, almost malfunctions from the stress. It does feel like that Kentucky undefeated team. Now we got Gonzaga. We got the Patriots. When's the last time there's been a coronation like this is going to be one of the best teams of all time and they actually won? (laughs) I mean, you would think those teams would win more than half the time. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available in over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. All right, Fez, you got a best bet. You got one minute. Go. Best bet, Philly minus one at Boston. My handicap here, RJ, I just think Boston is overvalued by the betting public. This is a team that had great success the last few years. They're just not very good this year. 500 team, but they still have the Celtics uniforms, and, and they're like, oh, they're home. They now, should do be. Do you able- think their true schedule or their true strength is a 500 team? I've got them rated one and a half points better than an average team. So just slightly wow. better than an average team. But Philly, I've got a full four points rated better than Boston. So so four points better than Boston, and the, the game is where at Boston. All right. So the, what about one point, one and a half? You're one getting? and a half. So- All right. So what is your computer? What is your ranking? Say the line should be Philly minus two and a half. All things. Being equal. And what's the line? Minus one for Philly. All right, so the value is you lay it with Philly. Exactly right. Make it official. So it's official. 76ers minus one is the pick at Boston. And you bet this. I did. All right, the only concern I would have about that is Bill Simmons, who really understands the Celtics. He watches seemingly every game. And he says at the trading deadline, some of their pickups with the buyouts, like all the different changes in the last couple of weeks, he thought was a real step forward for the team. Doesn't mean that that step forward will happen tonight. It doesn't mean it's happened yet. He's talking more the rest of the season. So what I would say, let's keep an eye on the Celtics. 
if they do play better in the next couple weeks, I don't think there's a big surprise. And doesn't go against your pick, really, Steve, but it is something for us to keep an eye on. I do like Philly for the following reason, too. They played so well without Embiid, and now he's back. I think there's going to be a sense of excitement yes. about it. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to do some special NFL stuff. Now that we're past the national championship, we're going to be looking even more towards the NFL, plus NBA. We brought you the odds. Next up, the odd couple. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 